Hello and welcome to a special October 31st Halloween edition of The Chilling. Tonight I'm going to throw out the script and we're going to do something a little different. We are going to talk tonight about the Screaming House of Union, Missouri. These words were not written by me. These words were written by the actual homeowner, Stephen Lachance. All of these, everything that I'm going to read tonight is available on legendsofamerica.com under the Union Missouri Haunting by Stephen Lachance, 2004. He also has written a full-length book, The Uninvited, The True Story of the Union Screaming House. And we begin. Do you believe in ghosts? I used to be like many of you. I was a true skeptic, a true disbeliever. That was me until three years ago. Now I do believe. I wish I didn't. It would be easier for me to sleep at night. Even now, three years later, I am still woke up in the night by the memory of the screaming man, the child in pain, and the dark, ghostly image that turned my world upside down and changed my beliefs in ever, forever. I do believe in ghosts. It was in May 2001. I needed desperately to find a place for myself and three children to live in Union, Missouri. Our lease was up at the apartment where we had lived for two years. I was a single father, and I was about to find myself and my children homeless. Like many, I had answered just about every ad in the newspaper for rentals. One evening, I received a call from this woman telling me about this house. She said it was a rather large, old house that was in very good shape. She invited me to an open house, which is to be held that coming Sunday. Sunday rolled around. You can't imagine the surprise when my daughter and I rolled up in front of this large, old, white house. We walked in. The smell of cookies baking hit us immediately upon entering through the front door. To our surprise, we were standing in a living room with cherubs surrounding the top of the walls all the way around the room. All of the original woodwork was intact, and a large wooden pole ran to the ceiling, creating a divider which separated the living room from the family room. The house had two floors with three bedrooms and a large family kitchen with a mudroom that led to the back door. The upstairs bedrooms had a breezeway that could be accessed from all rooms. The basement had an old butcher's shower and a fruit cellar. It was more house than we'd ever imagined for the price and immediately made up our minds that we had to have it. Anyone who had lived in that in an apartment for two years with three children would understand our desperation. We had to have this house. We spoke with the landlady and she gave me an application to fill out. There were many people looking at the house, so we knew we would have to compete to be tenants. I handed my application to the landlady. Do you understand the responsibility that comes with living in an old house such as this? She asked. Oh yes, I understand. It's beautiful, I quickly replied, not really understanding to what I was agreeing to. Well, then I'll get back to you, she quickly retorted and was off to peddle her wares to another of the visiting house hunters. She was a strange old lady, and the way she showed the house wasn't in a real estate type of manner. She showed the house as if she were showing a museum. We felt like we were on one of those house tours, often given each year for charity. A week went by before the phone rang one evening. It was the strange landlady, overly excited to tell me that she had selected me, my daughter, and two sons to live in the old house. I was to meet her that following day at a restaurant to settle all the paperwork and payment. 
I thought that was a little strange, and I was a little disappointed because I couldn't wait to see the house that would now become our home. The papers were signed on the following day. That weekend was Memorial Weekend, and we were all set to move in. It seemed like years before Friday came that week, but we finally were there. Moving day. The move was a normal one, and before we knew it, all of our belongings were hidden safely inside the old white house. I was removing the last of few items from the moving truck when a car slowed down, almost stopping in front of our new home. From the window of the slow-moving car, the passenger said, Hope you get along okay here, and then sped up and drove away. What do you think of that, Dad? My puzzled daughter asked. Friendly neighbors, I suppose, I replied as shutting the sliding door to the truck. The first night in the house went by without fanfare. Maybe because we were so tired from the move, or perhaps because the house wanted to draw us in a little closer before beginning its series of attacks and assaults upon me and my family. The next morning started like most any other day, except I did notice one strange thing about the house. Each of the house's interior doors had an old-fashioned hook and eye latch, but not on the inside of each room's doors to keep someone out. The latches were on the outside of the doors, as if to keep something in. What is it, Dad? My youngest son asked for mine. Oh, nothing, I replied, and went about the business of unpacking our things. The first incident happened in the living room when I was hanging up a large picture of two angels. My daughter thought it would, would complement the cherubs that surrounded the room. I hung the picture and turned to walk away. Crash! I turned to see that the picture had fallen to the floor. Rehanging the picture once again, I turned away. Crash! The picture was once again on the floor. Hanging it for a third time, when I started walking away, started to walk away, I felt a rush of air. Something hit the back of my ankles. What the hell? I turned around to see the picture lying at my feet. More determined than ever, I hung the picture again and stated loudly, Stay there, damn it! I had to laugh because I was alone. Who did I think I was talking to? The kids were playing on the front, front porch. Dad, come see this. My daughter's voice rang through the hall, through the front door. I stepped out onto the porch. Sit down and watch this, she said excitedly. Watch what? I replied. No sooner were the words out of my mouth when my daughter pointed to an old man walking down the sidewalk toward our house. However, when he reached our property line, he quickly crossed the street and continued his walk on the opposite sidewalk. They don't like walking in front of our house, Dad. Isn't that weird? My daughter, breathless with excitement, stated. And right she was. I sat on that porch for a good three hours watching our neighbors cross the street away from our house anytime they walked along our street. A couple of times I motioned as if, as if to say hello and they just dropped their heads and continued to walk away at a brisker pace. Maybe they're uncomfortable with new neighbors, I rationalized, trying to make sense out of the senseless situation. We went inside for dinner and the rest of the night went normally without incident. Sunday. The kids came home from church excited because we had set aside the whole day to work out on our yard. That was a big deal for us because the only outside area at our apartment provided was a balcony. We mowed the grass and cleaned the leaves from under the porch in the yard. Strangely enough, the trees seemed to be shedding their leaves as if it were fall. Strange tree behavior, I thought, and made a mental note to mention it to the landlady whenever I talked to her next. I asked my youngest son to go inside and bring out the garden hose from the basement so we could clean off the walkways and wash down the weathered white of the house. A few moments passed when I heard him screaming from inside the house. Running frantically into the house, I found him standing in the kitchen shaking in a puddle of urine. What's wrong? What happened? Looking at me with scared eyes of a child, he said, something chased me up the basement steps. What chased you? I asked. I was already thinking his 
overly active imagination of a little boy was at play here. I don't know, Daddy, but it was big. Me and my other two children checked the basement but found nothing except for the garden hose that had been dropped during the frightened escape. Let's get you cleaned up, I said. Naturally, there was teasing from my other two children about the proverbial basement monster. Better watch out when you go into the basement because the glare of my eye finished my middle boy sentence. The rest of Sunday and Monday went, went without any other incidents, and we were so happy those first few days in the house. My daughter was making plans about gardens, decorating, and my boys thought it would be easy to walk to their baseball games because the park was very close. It was a normal, happy time, which, unfortunately, didn't last for long. Monday came, the last week of school for my kids and a long week of work for me. Each day we would leave the house and return each evening to find every light in the house turned on. I blamed the children for leaving the lights on in the morning. However, on Friday, my daughter and I sent the boys to the car while we toured the house, making sure every light was off. That night we returned home again to find every light burning. When I walked into the house, I was, little, I was a little shaken there being no logical reason for all the lights being on other than there was someone in our house. Searching the house in a panic, I found nothing. Daddy, it's cold in here, my daughter stated from the living room. What was she talking about? S sweat was pouring down my back and across my brow. However, when I stepped in the living room, the temperature dropped a good 30 degrees. That was the first time I felt its presence. I can't describe it any better than it felt like an electrical current running through my body, bringing tears to my eyes and bumps to my arms. I passed quickly. I remember thinking, what the hell was that? Soon my daughter stated, Daddy, it's getting warm in here. And sure enough, the temperature was rising as I watched the thermostat climb. That night, the children slept with me. What little sleep I got. Sunday night, we were all sitting in the family in the living room talking. I was getting ready to take a trip the following morning to Indianapolis for work, and we were discussing their plans to stay at Grandma's. The kids had their backs to the living room, for which I am still thankful because the memory of what happened next still haunts my dreams to this day. I noticed it first out of the corner of my eye, a quick glance, something moving, standing at the kitchen doorway that led into the family room. Not something, someone. I looked toward it again. It was a dark figure of a man. Even though there was full light, he was solid in form, except there was a moving, churning, dark gray black smoke or mist that made up his form. I looked down because I was sure I wasn't seeing this and that my eyes were playing tricks on me. One or two good rationalizations and we could go on with our lives without incident. A few moments passed and I was sure that when I looked up again that it would be gone. But he was still there and he began to move. Moving into the family room and pausing in the center room, his form was still a mass of churning, turning blackness. He stood there for what seemed like an eternity, but in actuality, it was only a few moments and then he melted into the air, gone. I remember the thoughts that were racing through my head. I had two choices. What could run? We could run out of the house screaming in the night like those crazies you always see in the movies. You know, the ones that are always based on fact. Or the other choice. We could get up quietly, leave the house and figure all this out. My hands were shaking uncontrollably. That's what we'll do. We'll go quietly, orderly, as if nothing was wrong. Standing up on shaking legs, I said my calmest daddy voice, let's go get a soda and see grandma. My youngest was instantly excited at the prospect of a soda before bed and the older two looked at me as if I lost my mind. Come on guys, it'll be fun. Thank God my car keys were on the coffee room table, coffee table in front of us. We moved orderly out of the front door and I turned to lock the door when a loud 
painful scream of a man came from inside the house. It sounded as if he was screaming in pain so loud that it could be heard throughout the neighborhood, and the dogs began to bark. To hell with orderly. Get in the car, I screamed at my children. At a dead run, we headed toward the car and and to drive to my mom's house, which is still a blur to this day. I was in a panic, and I knew that we had to get away from the old white house. But before we were away from the neighborhood, my youngest son, in a very scared voice, said, Daddy, the basement monster is standing in the upstairs window. I looked back, and sure enough, the black form was standing in the window watching us leave. That night, we stayed at my parents' house. Early the next day, I gathered my things and I left for a business trip. I had a whole week of rationalizations by the time I returned home to pick up my children. Where else could we go? I had put everything I'd saved and then some into the move. We had no other choice but to go back into the big, old, white house. Besides, after a week of talking myself out of the events that night, I was ready to return. So on Friday night, we returned to the house. That weekend went by without incident, though we got very little sleep. I was taking another extended weekend to make up to my kids for my week away. On Saturday, we explored the big shed at the back of the yard, and in it we found a number of personal belongings that appeared to belong to different people. My parents convinced me that maybe it wouldn't be such a bad idea to call the strange old lady, landlady back and ask her some straightforward questions about the house. It was to be one of the most awkward and strange phone calls of my life. Once I was able to reach her, I carefully chose my words and asked in a normal voice if any of the previous tenants had ever mentioned a ghost. Well, of course, she said at first that she could not remember. However, she went on to say that one female tenant had claimed her dead father came to visit her, but the old woman always thought she was crazy. The landlady said some of the stuff in the shed had been left behind by the girl, but she couldn't get her to come pick it up. The other stuff in the shed evidently belonged to a man who had lived there, but left in the middle of the night, leaving behind his things. But no, she had never heard of anyone talking about the place being haunted. I asked her how long ago these people lived there, and she said, Not much more than a year, honey. Why do you ask? The phone call wasn't of much help, and it didn't call my fears much. But what else could I do? The rest of the long weekend came and went. I actually had convinced myself that it was just a one-time ordeal because nothing more was happening. That was until Monday night. I was on the phone with my mom. The kids were off playing in my bedroom, which was located on the first floor. Well, on the phone, I began to hear the inside doors rattling. Listening closely, they rattled again, and I yelled at the kids, Quit playing games. I told my mom that everything was okay, just the kids playing tricks. They rattled again, this time harder. So I scolded the children, this time louder, to behave and stop playing tricks. At this time, they rattled louder, but before I could scold, my daughter's scared voice cut me off. Daddy, I'm in here reading and my brothers are asleep. Now, I will try to recreate what happens next to the best of my memory. Some of it I remember clearly. Other parts are a blur to this day. Just as soon as I heard my daughter, the temperature in the house instantly dropped a good 30 degrees. With it came the feeling of electrical charge running through my body. Along with its energy, a horrible stench that I cannot describe permeated the room. And then the screaming started. Softly at first, but building in momentum. I yelled through my phone, through the phone to my mother to come help. We were getting out. Then the whole house began to shake and come alive. From the above, I could hear something large coming down the stairs. Boom. 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 The screaming of the man 
over and over. The screaming of my daughter, Daddy, what is happening? Along with this came the thought that one of my two-bedroom doors connected to the stairs. Boom. Boom. It was coming down those stairs. I had to get to my children. The whole house was alive with noise. The floor beneath me was shaking as I made my way to the bedroom door. I felt something behind me and I knew I didn't want to turn around to see it. Boom! Screaming. A new scream mixed into the man's scream. This one from a child. Boom! Screams. Boom! I made it to my bedroom door, but it wouldn't open. By this time, I too am screaming. Throwing myself against the door, it still wouldn't budge. I continued to throw myself against the door again and again until it finally slammed open. My daughter was in shock by this point. I instructed my middle son to grab his brother and run out the front door and head for the car. Boom! Boom! Screams. My daughter won't move, and I finally had to slap her to bring her to her life. Finally responding, I grab her and head for the door as I hear the other bedroom door slam open behind us. It was on our trail, and I knew it couldn't let it, I couldn't let it reach us. The whole house was still shaking and alive with noise and something big on our heels. When we reached the front door and out onto the porch, I slammed the front door behind us. As we got into the car, we could still hear the noise coming from the house. I drove away and parked at the top of the street where I could still see the house and wait for my parents to arrive. We could see it searching through the house. Searching. Searching for us. It's blackness moving from room to room methodically. That was our last night in the house. My children never returned. When I returned to get a few of our things on several occasions, I never went alone. Everyone I brought into the house with me would also witness something happen. A scream. Whispers. Pounding from the floor above. It was not selective anymore as to who had let hear its fury. I remember what the old lady said to me as I turned over the key, standing there, the whole side of my arm and torso still bruised from throwing myself against that bedroom door. She said, Some people aren't meant to live in an old house like that, and some people aren't. I never thought you were the old house type, and I guess she was right. About a month after moving out of the old house, a friend sent me a website address that she wanted me desperately to see. Put John T. Crow, Union, Missouri, into your search engine, she said. When I did, the face of the man that came onto my screen. When I did, the face of a man came onto my screen. The same face that showed up in a picture my brother took in the fruit cellar one afternoon while I was packing for the move. The man was famous. The land itself was famous with a history dating back to the Civil War. About a year ago, someone I know saw a police car race up to that house one night and witnessed a family running out of its front doors in their nightclothes. As for the house today, the old lady turned it into a dog kennel this past fall. I guess she ran out of people that could live in an old white house like that one. You see, I do believe in ghosts. I still drive past that house every once in a while, and when I get enough nerve, I look up to the upstairs window and it's there watching waiting angry sometimes it's screams still wake me up from my sleep it's infectious scream creeping into my dreams turning them into nightmares i still don't sleep very well in my dreams i see a faceless man standing in the basement washing away blood from his naked body covered naked blood covered body grunting panting breathing the breathing you'd hear when you were alone with it in a room the breathing you would hear when you knew it was there, heavy, labored, breathing. Yes, I do believe in ghosts. I do believe in ghosts, and maybe you should too. This story is courtesy of Stephen Lachance. As I said, he's authored an entire book, The Uninvited, The True Story of the Union Screaming House. Until next time, trust the hairs on the back of your neck, 
the pimples of the goose pimples on your flesh and the uneasy feeling in the pit of your stomach because you just may be about to experience the chilling.